Okay, welcome to America This Week. I'm Matt Taibbi. And I'm Walter Kern. Another not calm week. Yes, but calmer than was predicted by some. And, oh, well, if you know what yes. I mean. I, I know what you mean, but but even even the predictions themselves were not calm in a way. But we're going to get on, into all that. Yes. Right? Okay. We're, that's where we're going. That's where we're going. Later in the show, we're going to talk about a classic short story by uh, one of my favorite authors. I don't know if he's one of, one of yours. He is indeed. But before we get to that, the big news of the week, obviously, Walter, I don't know if you heard this, but Donald <laughs> Trump was arraigned uh, again. And I, I, I mean, I'm at a loss about how even to react to to the way they cover these things anymore. I mean, I know you have some thoughts about this. First of all, just your sort of general impression of this moment in time and how a sane person should respond to it. Well, last week I predicted that the Trump indictment arraignment would be the disinformation complex's Gulf War in the sense that it would become the occasion for hyperactivity on all fronts and there's going to be star making and there are going to be moments and there are going to be, you know, newsreels that last forever, all generated by this, uh, by this event. This event, or is it a pseudo event, as Daniel Borston said in the early 60s, was the sort of uh, norm for a media saturated age. It's both. In any case, I, I, I was able to, as is true of some of my prophecies, but not all of them, see it come true within a matter of days. Because the eve of the Trump arraignment was an occasion for the most hyperbolic rhetoric and stage setting that I've seen, well, since Nancy Pelosi walked the articles of impeachment across the floor of you know the Capitol, maybe. But but even given the fact that we've had now two Trump arraignments and two impeachments and a Mueller investigation and, uh, you know, pretty much not a six month period for the last six years that hasn't involved some dire uh, guillotine like moment for Donald Trump. This one was hysterical. You had Wolf Blitzer come on the day before and predict you couldn't. He, he had a kind of shock in his eyes. They were unfocused. They were wide. Uh, and, and he talked about a possible insurrection, too, around the arraignment of Donald Trump. Yeah, let's let's stop and, and listen to that to that SOT as us media people. OK, say. This, this is this is the twenty four second clip of Wolf Blitzer that kind of shot around the internet uh, on, I guess June eleventh, so at the beginning of the week. Mm-hmm. And I saw this. I've seen Wolf Blitzer on TV for you know I don't know how many decades now. I've run into him on planes. I my understanding of him is that he's not the worst guy in the world. He's um, pretty boring in real life. Um, but I, I, I watched this in like kind of a state of shock. So here's what he says. 
is now learning FBI special agents across the country are actively looking for possible domestic terror threats related to Trump's upcoming court appearance in Florida. Sources say some pro-Trump groups are already making plans to travel to Miami and support the former president as he faces these federal charges in the classified documents case. CNN's Josh Campbell is joining So there wasn't even another, in, in, in this little clip, basically the, the authorities are worried about active terror threats. Mm-hmm. And then, then he goes to a clause about how supporters of the president, as we speak, are making plans to travel to Florida to support the president. And then there, but there's no, there's no other clause. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like the, the normal news script there would mm-hmm. say they are making plans to go to Florida and, you know, uh, FBI sources say among those supporters are some who who might have plans to commit um, a terrorist act, or we have intelligence that their you know domestic unrest is on is on the way. That that wasn't in the script. It was just they're they're going there to support him, and you know you put that side by side with authorities are are looking actively at threats. Uh, they're not even bothering with the, you know, in many cases with the, with the allegation of, um, terrorist organization. It's just, you're, you, you are part of this clan. So therefore naturally we're on guard. Uh, I mean, did I, did I read that wrong? Did I hear that? You mean that the, the, there's a presumption of guilt about the, any supporters who are out there and might be coming. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. 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 Well, it does leave you a little um, speechless, all of this, because it's so outside the boundaries and, uh, and the norms that we're used to with journalism that, you know, and you're, like I say, I was not, I was not sure whether he was predicting a hurricane that was bearing down on Florida and, you know, we could inevitably expect would make landfall. I didn't know if he was uh, narrating the O.J. Simpson Bronco chase in some way. Uh, he uh, was, he, there was a lot of that this week. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There was a lot of that. You see, mm-hmm. uh, um, judicial dramas on television all refer back to the O.J. Simpson case in modern memory in the same way all classical literature went back to the Iliad. Um, it, is, right. you know, it is the Homeric epic of TV uh, legal dramas. And so, you know, Wolf Blitzer, of course, also is a star of Gulf War coverage, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and so we, we had a combination of the gravitas of, of the Gulf War coverage, the um, sort of uh, O.J. Simpson, Bronco chase, uh, suspense making um, and all of the Trump, all of the previous Trump problems all thrown together in this little clip. And the next day or whenever the arraignment was compared to this, nothing happened uh, is now, of course, forgotten. I mean, like Jim Cramer's stock picks, uh, this won't be held against him, right? 
the fact that nothing happened. This is we're getting into the realm of sort of prophecy. You know that nothing happened may be the result of Wolf Blitzer warning that it would, um, and the FBI heading off any possible uh, you know terrorist activity. Uh, we should not we should not judge him harshly by the fact that none of what he talked about occurred. Um, and, and if we could make it just a small point here, because there was a subplot that I thought was interesting before we get to some of the other craziness and um, accompanying that Wolf Blitzer tweet, uh, in many cases was a tweet by Lara Logan, who you might remember. Um, I wrote very harshly about Lara Logan once upon a time, uh, because she criticized my late colleague, Michael Hastings for breaking the unwritten rule of, you know, not writing nasty things about people you're embedded with. Mm -hmm. Um, and she actually <laughs> pretty humorously threatened to cut my balls off at one point. Um, but, wow. uh, she's okay. You know, like, um, she believes what she believes. She's, she's been through a rough time. She's, she's had some experiences out there and, uh, in coverage that, you know, are as serious as they come. But she wrote a tweet that said, uh, about, Blitzer's coverage incredible that this still passage incredibly this still passes as reporting for CNN effectively pushing the narrative that anyone who votes for Trump is a terrorist citing the FBI as a signal um to millions that they're being uh set up for political reasons yet again don't show support for Trump or we're coming for you now this came out on the 11th the next day uh on uh on the Atlantic there was a huge piece that of course had to be in the work. So it couldn't have been about that tweet, but let's, but let's just be clear. It came out yeah. the next day. It's right. a piece in the Atlantic, a star reporters break with reality. Laura mm -hmm. Logan was once a respected 60 minutes correspondent. Now she trades in conspiracies that even far right media disavow what happened. And it's, it, there's a picture there with her face in, in schism. Because they're trying to depict literally that she's a schizophrenic, basically, mm -hmm. that she's mm -hmm. lost her mind. Okay. Right. Um, and it begins by talking about, you know, uh, the, the fact that she's, she's um, walking through Mogadishu and she's ducking for cover as bullets crack overhead in Afghanistan. And, uh, it, it it reminds you that she was once held in high regard as a journalist. Now, where does this, uh, if this sounds familiar to you, it's because every reporter who's ever um, dropped out of the, the cultural mainstream has had this happen to them. Um, you know, the, I think the prototypical uh, type of, of um, profile like this was the one about Glenn uh, Greenwald, when he was in the middle of not agreeing with the um, the Russiagate story, and the New Yorker did a story called Glenn, Glenn Greenwald, the bane of their resistance, and uh, it did much the same thing that this Laura Logan piece um, did, basically saying that Glenn was pathological, he was affected by uh, an unhappy childhood, and uh, mixed up feelings about being gay. And, um, therefore his views were pathologized 
they couldn't be taken seriously. And then they quoted former colleagues saying that um, he, he, his views about Russiagate were affected by the fact that uh, he was troubled by the rise of kind of minorities and, you know, formerly disaffected groups in the media business. Uh, that, you know, like he had a former editor say that. Um, and this is Glenn. Glenn's gay. You know what I'm saying? Like he himself not long ago was was one of those a member of one of those groups. But this yeah. is what they do. In my, in my case, the New York, New York magazine um, did a story, you know, with me with a portrait of a misshapen head. And it starts off with, you know, a recounting of my past as a much respected uh, right. financial reporter. And then they go into how I've lost my mind, too. And in this, your case, now- in your case, what was the psychic break? What was the trauma or the terrible influence back in your early family or whatever it might be? They didn't. They didn't do that as much. They they, they cast me as a child of privilege. Who, who I mean, look, the the reporter is a good reporter, Ross Barkin, and he didn't. Uh-huh. I I don't think he. I I think, I think they wanted a hit piece, and Ross didn't really deliver. Yeah, um, he did a very thoughtful piece that was critical in parts. Um, that, you know, I think that we're fair, right? Like right. he basically said that um, I, I wasn't doing the same kind of reporting that I used to do. Um, and, you know, that's a legitimate criticism. I can I can hear that. But it, it's this other thing where they go after you and they say, what happened to this, the, to this person? Um, right. This is this is now like uh, it's a 100 percent tendency of anybody who who drops out of uh, prominent media and starts or becoming shit or becomes about too prominent like tucker carlson didn't the new york times right. ba- basically psychologically profile him as having all these issues and um you know mother issues and etc um has it not happened to seymour hirsch i'm sure somewhere along the way it, oh god it, i haven't looked at the psi profiles but you one can only imagine what they did with him right yeah uh, um, um should I become a problem for anyone? I can't wait for the one on me because they will literally have a panoply, a cornucopia of, uh, 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 of things to diagnose. And you're right. It's a template. Now, um, you go outside the, uh, bullpen and, uh, you're going to be diagnosed with, you know, one of a number of maladies but more importantly, it's going to be signaled to the world and to your colleagues that you're now radioactive. Um, mm. I, I think Laura Logan left the respectable tent, you know, as far as the, re, those who consider themselves respectable define it quite a while ago. Um, why they needed to take a new run at her, I'm not sure. Um, it's been a long time since she's had a... Uh, you know, a mainstream uh, seat from which to speak. Uh, so uh, it, it seemed a little like piling on. I, I read another, and I can't remember where it was. I read another profile of her maybe over a year ago, which came to all the same conclusions. It portrayed her as paranoid. It started with her sitting in a cafe in a Parisian, uh, on a Parisian street, afraid that somehow there were lurking islamic agents in the crowd or something maybe even snipers or something um and uh i i thought they were done with her i didn't i thought that they'd already you know crossed her off their list 
um, she must be gaining audience for her podcast or something. Who knows? Um, but, you know, back inside the inside of the tent on CNN and CBS as oh, they were God. preparing for the Trump arraignment, we got a, an extra special sort of uh, uh, exclusive look at Trump uh, the night before the arraignment. It was it was sort of a handheld camera or as though it, he was under surveillance and he was having dinner and greeting supporters at the Doral National Country Club, one of his properties. And they went around the circle of five people competing to be outraged over the fact that he was enjoying himself the night before this arraignment uh some some concluded that he just doesn't take it seriously enough others that he's so addicted to the support of you know his, his uh flatterers that he can't help but have dinner with them the night before uh and, and that is somehow uh indicative of a character disorder but in any case they spun they spun this little footage of Donald Trump walking around the night before as though it was the most psychopathic, ominous, and uh, ridiculous uh, display of disdain for our democracy ever ever seen on TV. It was like we were watching a Sinaloa chainsaw video or something like that, you know. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Van Jones, and again, I, I, I hate to keep making, like, I've met Van Jones. I, I, I kind of liked the guy when I met him. I thought, I thought he was all right off camera. You know, he's, he seemed pretty mellow and not full of himself. Like a lot of people on TV are, um, but you know, he's up there in this panel and you know, they're showing, they're, they're showing him having dinner, basically Trump. And, and there's this big. Tyron exclusive video of Trump on eve of arrest and right. you know you, you get Van Jones is up there and he's basically saying you know we'll roll the tape here right Van <clears throat> he wants to look like this guy look I'm coming into my club we now have a playbook for how the president the former president gets indicted and what he does the day before what he does the day after this is crazy <laughs> This is crazy. Well, when you put it that way. <laughs> like, like, this is not normal, guys. This is weird. So we know that he's going to be, you know, tomorrow he'll be somber in court and he's going to go give a big, and we'll probably do this again in Georgia. Uh, this, is, this is not, the Republican Party needs to look around for somebody else to represent. That's all I have to say. So, so we now have a playbook for what Trump does um, on the eve of an arraignment. He, like, and, it, and essentially the implication is he has dinner and then right. he goes into this um, soliloquy, which is, I mean, this is crazy, right? Uh, yes, that's what he said. It, he said, this is crazy. Now, but to be fair, it is not easy to sit there on a panel where, where all you got is a piece of, of looping video and make content of it, right? Like, that's the job, um, you know, for cable TV. But... They went over and over uh, um, this idea that him doing something other than, I don't know, you know, 
crucifying himself or or um... well, since since they didn't have since they don't have a camera in his bedroom and couldn't show him sleeping soundly the night before his arraignment, which would have been even more portentous. How dare he lay his head on a pillow, close his eyes, and dream the night before an arraignment? Um, uh, the the whole thing was construed as outrageous, when in fact what you're seeing with your eyes, and this is a metaphor for the media today, what you're seeing with your actual eyes is Donald Trump in an incredibly generic situation, standing there shaking people's hands in front of a, a room where he either has had or is about to have dinner. It's completely banal stuff. And around it is festooned this, you know, maypole-like ribbon of contempt and horror and, uh, and, and denigration. Um, if they really aren't just speaking to their most hardcore audience, if they expect any more that they're influencing America at large, then they can, they can say goodbye to that aspiration after pulling stuff like this. Because I, I, if you came upon this without, you know, already needing your fix, uh, of, of Trump hate, it looked just absurd. I mean, he could have been doing anything. He could have been tanning. He could have been, <laughs> you know, uh, how dare Donald Trump, you know, uh, catch some rays the night before his arraignment? How dare he eat dinner? How dare he go to sleep? How dare he exist? He should have gone into a closet, um, you know, with shards of glass in his shoes and whipped himself all night long before, you know, appearing in the morning. Did, and, and, and one after the other of these panelists said, you know, shouldn't he be meeting with his lawyers? Uh, why isn't he meeting with his lawyers? Don't they take this seriously? Well, he met with his lawyers. I'm sure he meets with his lawyers half the day long. Um, just because they don't have video of it doesn't mean he's not doing it. Uh, they made it look as though all the guy ever does is walk around having dinner and, and, and he may have not even prepared legally for this case. That's how uh, unseriously he takes it, which is yeah. ridiculous because part of the part of what he's being arraigned for is comments he's made to lawyers. Um, uh, I, I mean, if Donald Trump had never spoken to his lawyers, he, there would be one less count against him. Um, but but I don't know that there is any innocent behavior that the guy could participate in that could not have been construed by this panel as in some ways ominous or in some ways uh, proof of his flagrant disregard for democracy. I don't know how they got that footage, but I, I like I say, I can't imagine any footage that they could not have construed in the way they did. When, when, when people see a candidate or a figure like Trump, whatever they think of him, being maligned literally for eating dinner, it will, I think, naturally detract from any other charges made against him. If, if, if dining is a crime for this person, then what isn't? Um, and, and so they're undermining their own media case against him. Uh, 
it's not just the boy who cried wolf syndrome in which repeated charges start to make you make the audience deaf. It's it, it's the heaping on of contempt for every breath the guy takes, such that it's all lost in a in a fog of hatred that will never be picked apart and 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 cannot possibly influence public opinion. Their other their other point they keep making on that panel is that how dare he keep running for president? Isn't it selfish when you're facing such serious charges to expect the nation to entertain you as a candidate for president when you should be defending your very life? Well, yeah, okay, yeah. So, so, so there was a lot on that point, right? So Van Jones begins by saying. Um, this is crazy. This is not normal. The Republican Party needs to look around for somebody else to represent it, right? So, in other words, um, because he's so cavalier about his pace and is not spending every waking hour figuring out how to, um, you know, defend himself. And they kept repeating this phrase that an indictment is it must be the most important thing that ever happens to you in, in, right, in, right. in you in your entire life. Unless you're Donald uh, Trump and then it's just Tuesday. I mean, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, you know, Aaron Burnett is saying, how come there's nobody in his circle to tell him about the solemnity of this moment? And, you know, they, they just keep going around and around. Um, Matt, you know, the, I wanted, I wanted to see a graphic on this of little dog treats coming down from the top of the screen each time they topped each other with another, you know, imprecation against Trump. It was as though they were really competing for, you know, uh, pats on the head or dog treats that would fall into their mouth when they emphasized these points. And the points became more and more ridiculous. Um, isn't there someone who's not telling him he can't smile on TV anymore? Right, right. How is there nobody in his circle who isn't telling him that he's got to that he has to be focused one thousand percent on what our reaction to his behavior is going to be? Because of course that's going to be fair and even minded. And you know, if he behaved differently, we would of course say nice things about him. I mean, they didn't even think this stuff through, like. If Donald Trump was sitting there driving nails through his hand in in you know self mortification for his crimes, they would still be. They'd use they it as evidence be, of mental be, illness, you know. Um, right, it, right. Or or if he if he was indeed as solemn as they say they wish him to be, they would use it as evidence of guilt. Trump must truly be worried this time. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen Trump so uh, gravely concerned about a charge. Uh, it, it, it must be that it worries him deeply. There is absolutely nothing you can do to exonerate yourself in the eyes of those who loathe you. Okay, uh, if you've ever, you know, if you've ever had an experience with a breakup or whatever, you know that. And 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 these are like Donald Trump's angry exes. Um, and and they and and they pretend that they were ever different. I mean, they've been pulling this act nonstop for years, almost nightly, and yet they act as though they're just coming to these conclusions. They're just, you know, they're, they're looking at the evidence and, and, and they're disturbed by it. But they've been disturbed by everything the guy's done since he, you know, walked out of uh, Trump Tower. Um, and every single uh, segment about 
the upcoming arraignment and they uh, you're right they did they basically took the oj um coverage and almost shot for shot recreated um you know all of those scenes right like you know he him getting on the um you know getting into a car to go on the way to the courthouse and you know um you know the 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 photo of oh actually what was the famous photo of the, the of the plane arriving uh, that wasn't that wasn't oj that was uh that was somebody else's plane i can't remember who that was but i mean if we're if we're really to pick it apart in terms of its symbolism and semiotics there was also a little bit of nixon's resignation here um, right. Yes, I'm sorry. That's what I'm thinking of. The yeah, the, yeah. the the helicopter leaving, right? Um, right. There was yeah. there was a shot over which they uh, unspooled their commentary commentary on CBS of Trump seen from I don't know a crane or a drone. It was some high angle that is unachievable normally of him going up a stairs to his plane in silhouette, and you know. The, the the loneliest man, uh, rejected by all who think and are decent, walking to his execution, contemplating his sins, and and it was done from far away and in silhouette and in black and white, and it you know it was obviously meant to be some kind of iconic image. Um, when I watch these things, I look I feel like I'm looking through the wrong end of a telescope or something. I I no longer identify with the commentary whatsoever. It used to be that these people tried to channel what they believed to be the kind of average American reaction, and they and they tried to reflect it back at America and guide it a little and and color it and you know um, fill it in. But now it's as though there is a video camera on. If you're hearing this message, you're listening to the free version. Of America this week to hear the full version and for more articles and content, please subscribe to Racket News at Taibi.substack.com or Racket.news.